Hey, welcome to Dad to the Bone, where two dads sit around, talk about dad stuff. And honestly, tonight, I'm wondering how you even recognize me. Why, why is that? Because I ran a mile today. You like, ran a I've mile? Lost, uh, can you not tell that I've lost all kinds of weight since I started running? I'm sorry, who are you? What's your name? Exactly. I went running today, and I ran an entire mile wow. to finish. Wow. Yeah. Don't ask me to stand up from this chair because it'll take me the duration of the podcast to do it. But <laughs> but I did it. Good I job. Mean, can, you tell, can you already tell? Like, Listen, listen, your beard looks so slim right now. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Like, I think yeah. I think I've really like I think I've really trimmed some. I think I've, you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel like, I feel like it's getting bigger. You know, I mean, can you tell? Hey, put those away, man. There's no guns here. Put no <laughs> no gun area. Yeah, welcome to the gun show. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's you know. I, I think that um, I'm definitely getting older. And so I feel you with the like running and the stretching, like dude. my body. I tell you what, <laughs> dude, so I'm listening to this book. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't have brought it up. Cause now I don't know the name of it. I'm listening to this book that is, okay, it's called can't hurt me mm-hmm. by this guy named David Goggins. Have you heard of him? No, I have not. Okay. So he is like incredibly hardcore. He's on like the Joe Rogan podcast and stuff. He's a, like an elite Navy SEALs kind of guy, whatever. And so he's mm-hmm. got this inspirational book and he's like, you know, you got to be hard. You got to whatever. And he's like, you know, putting all these vibes on. I'm like, that's it. I'm going to run a mile right now. <laughs> you so got to be careful. And I've been paying for it all day. <laughs> dude, be careful listening to those dudes. Cause they, they'll pump you up and they'll have you ready to run through a wall until you hit it. Dude, he, <laughs> yeah, like, dude, he runs like ultra marathon race things where you run like 150 miles straight nope i'm like nope i mean if he can run 150 miles i can go run one right i mean i, I did it I, I ran a mile hey as you can tell because i'm so slim now but Listen, you look oof. diesel you look like you know i know at one point we had a a goal of getting uh my buddy my my twin the rock on the show yeah and, uh, yeah man you're starting to you know cut up like him I, i'd say we look pretty similar you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the glasses, in the glasses, I think it's, that's yeah. where it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I had a question for you because okay. I know that, um, you know, we started um, starting the show off by asking each other like a question. And I got a good one for you because I know you get invited to a ton of events uh, throughout, okay. throughout when we're not in the COVID season, I should say. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of your profession, and um, you get invited to a ton of things as well as I do, yeah. and I'm I'm curious. And this is a question I'm pulling from wonderful table topics here, dude. They are the best. Oh yeah, we're not sponsored by them, but we would like to be. <laughs> we would be. So, and I want to pull up my question for you. You ready for it? I'm ready. All right, we'll ask this to our guest too, because I know he gets invited to a lot too. So if you receive two invitations at the same time, how do you decide which one to accept? Because I know this happens to you often. <laughs> Man, there's a couple factors there. There's okay. a couple factors there. Okay, go on. Go uh, on. One factor would be which one would I prefer to go to? <laughs> like, do I is one of them thrown by like a friend and the other a stranger? Or is one going to be like, you know, if I get invited to go – I don't know, play basketball or to the dentist, 
I'm probably going to pick basketball. You know, like that yeah. one, another another deciding factor I think is, you know, is there a financial incentive? <laughs> because I mean, you know, I mean that's that's something. Okay, uh, that's, a, that's a definitely a factor. Okay. But uh, ultimately, for me though, I think it goes goes down to man, and you're getting asked at the same time. Like so, exactly. yeah, same same events, not not monetarily involved because you can get out with work. Oh, I got to work. Sorry. Yeah. But, uh, I just I guess just pick the one you want to more okay. than you don't want to. And that's how. What I know, about you? And that's why I know you could have came to my event last time. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and and you know, food is there free food involved? Yeah, I mean that's the old me. That's before I ran a mile today. I would have said, you know, but now now I'm a runner. So yeah, yeah, food, yeah. you know, that's just like it's just fuel. It's you know, yeah, fuel and fuel in the body. I got you. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a hardcore runner. Of course, absolutely. You're you're one of the one of the the toughest runners I've ever met in my life. So yeah. you said how well, how do I decide? Like you've seen yeah. presentations. How how do I decide? Um, you know. I don't know. I think I sometimes I don't. I just <laughs> uh, if I had to pick two, sometimes it's whichever one happened first. Like whoever invited me first, that's the one I go to. Yeah. Or um, you know, I, I do think experience is worth something. So if you're like, hey, um, do you want to go to this like nice like you know white party where it's going to be hors d'oeuvres and wine and dancing, or do you want to go to a kids party? I'm probably going to be like, ah, oh, man, I can't make it to the kids party. Gotta yeah, go. Dang, I really, really wanted to, but. But I can't say that because I know a lot of times like what I, that, that's what I would want to do. But what happens is it ends up going to the kid party and I miss out on the, on the adult fun time party. But <laughs> that's just mine, man. So that was fun. I, I, I just thought, you know, that was a good question to ask you, though, because I know you get invited to a lot. And when yeah. COVID is over, I know you're going to continue to get invited. So. Hopefully, when this stuff ever ends, if this stuff ever ends, when uh, I just wanted to have it on record. So when I invite you to something, I have something to fall back on. Well, to now know. you know, like we're friends, so I'll probably come. If you have food, I'll most definitely come. If you pay me, I'll be the first one there and the last one to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and and now we know. Now we know how to get Sam to an event. Oh man. Well, and if it's a running party, I'm all in because I'm a I'm a I'm a full time runner now. Man, that one you got a lot out of that one run, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a pro. Well, we could run with this uh, this bit for a while longer, but I thought this might be a good time to, to introduce. Ooh, our come guest. on with that transition. I like that. <laughs> I, I like thought that. it might be a good time to introduce our guest for today. He is also a uh, an awesome guy. And uh, I, well, we can ask him if he runs when he gets on, but he goes by the name of Dwayne Barnes. And Dwayne is a father of two boys, ages 10 and 2. I'll let him uh, share more information about him if he chooses. He works in public pub policy and gets is, this. Is he the one on the top left? Which which one is he? I'm going to let you guess. I'm going to let, let's take a, let's take a guess. We'll let people guess. I'm going to say, I'm going to say top row, second from the left. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll we'll go with that for now. We'll we'll leave it as a mystery until he pops on. Uh, he uh he get this. So he works in public policy, and he runs a think tank. So he runs too. Okay. Uh, he was born on the uh, other side of the state in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, and now lives in Metro Detroit. That's Serial City, right? 
Kellogg, baby, all day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think Post is there, too. Is it? I don't know. I think I made that up. <laughs> well, you fooled me. <laughs> um, he's uh, He's been married for 10 years, and uh, his favorite thing about being a dad is sharing experiences together and creating memories. So he works for the Michigan League of Public Policy, and uh, he helps to develop parents and communities, and he's active in social justice. And uh, without fur- – oh, oh, and I could not be remiss without – while I bring him on mentioning that my man is a huge hip hop fan. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to bring Dwayne Barnes and welcome him to the show. Welcome, Dwayne. How you doing, man? Hey, what, up, what, up, what, up, what up, though? Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, being here. Absolutely. So listen, I can't introduce you better than you can introduce yourself. So tell the folks a little bit about who you are, both personally and professionally. All right. Now be uh, you know quick about it. I'm, I'm known to go on a little bit. Um, but uh, I'm a, a husband and a father, um, two boys and a, a beautiful wife that, uh, you know, I'm so glad that we celebrated our 10th year this year. Um, professionally, um, well, first, I'm from Battle Creek, Michigan. Um, hey, real quick, is, is oh, Post in Battle Creek, Michigan? Post is in Battle Creek, Michigan. Kellogg's in Post. Listen, competition, that's how the hey! <laughs> works. So um, Sam was right. He was right. One quick story about Battle Creek. When you grow up there, um, depending on um wait is it like a gang war no listen 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 <laughs> depending on the, the time of the day and the way the wind is blowing either you smell cereal or you smell dog food because the, there's a the roston plant is there too so wow. either you have a really sweet sweet lovely smell or you smell in the dog food so that was that's a quick <laughs> story you can tell how what kind of day is going to be by you know what, what's coming up in the air yeah, wind patterns for sure right uh so you know a battle creek um transitioned to detroit about 10 years ago um after I graduated from EMU um, and OU uh, with my master's, um, took a job with the MLPP a couple of years ago, Michigan League for Public Policy, where I um, work in community engagement. Uh, so, you know, I bring the people to policy and policy to the people, um, just to be short about it. Um, and I do it in a lot of different ways. Um, outside of work, um, I run a think tank called Social Tech, where we look at the creation, consumption, and impact of technology in urban communities. Um, it was just so I'm, I'm a social scientist by trade. Um, social tech was my reason just to get into tech so I wouldn't be left behind the curve. Uh, so it's just talking about social issues through the lens of technology. Um, and we do, you know, a lot of research around, you know, what, what, what are some of the impacts on the increased use of technology? and How do we get um, urban demographics more involved in creating it? Um, outside of that, you know, I, I, I before the pandemic, I was, you know, a coach of my son's soccer team and assistant coach on the baseball team. And, you know, just the overall, you know, family guy, I'm a musician as well. Uh, just an overall creative and an intellectual, man. Dwayne, you got a lot going on, dude. Like, yeah, I had yeah. Yeah. two questions, and then you unfolded into, like, five questions. So I'm going to stick to my main two. So listen, so two awesome things you're doing. You say you bring policy to the people and people to the policy. What does it mean to take policy, take the people to the policy? Like, what does that mean, like, when you say that? Like, how, how does that apply to parents and dads? Uh, absolutely. So, I, and I think mo- most notably, I think that there's so many, uh, you know, policy is made, the policy making and the policy, the legislation process is supposed to be opaque. It's supposed to keep people out. Um, so uh, my mission is to help people understand, you know, even from as is, is easy as kind of civics and this is how the game is played. These are the people, this is how it works. To you know, always to the point where these are the policies that affect X, Y, and Z, or these are the players in the game. And I think it's important because policy affects our lives in every in every way, from the taxes we pay to what you know schools in our neighborhood to what we can do and can't do. 
uh, can or can't do in our neighborhoods and in our community. So if you aren't in touch with um, understanding how policy affects your life, um, then I think you're left out of it. And I'm not, I'm not talking about elected politics. I'm talking about the things that matter in our community, tax rates, um, when uh, people are going to come pick up waste from out of your neighborhoods, what your state rep is going to do for the community that, that they represent. So the things that matter, not, not, the, not the divisive stuff, the stuff that really matters, the policy and helping people understand that you have a voice in this um, and it goes both ways. It isn't, they, they, they just don't have the, the ball and you don't have anything to do with it. You have something to say, they have to serve you. And if you know what you're doing, um, they can give you the, uh, the kind of policy you want to see. So my thought along that lines would be, so what is like a typical, just to put it in the reference to this show and talking about primarily fathers, what is something that like, what's a dad type issue that a dad would need to like take to that level or advocacy for? You know, like, oh, go ahead. That, 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 that's a really good question. So um, just recently I was working with a group called, um, what was it? The Metro Detroit uh, Fatherhood uh, Initiative Group, I think they're called. Um, and they were asking that same question, you know, what, how do we connect the needs of fathers um, through policy? And, and it was a very interesting question. So, you know, when you look at policy, there are things that are kind of on the fringes and it's things that are kind of in the middle. Like, so on the fringes, you're talking about policies that affect the areas of fathers' lives when, you know, things happen. So when we're talking about when, you know, a marriage dissolves and you're talking about policies around um, making sure dads get a fair shake in that regard. There's other kind of policy where you're talking about more family, uh, social, not social security, family, economic security policy, where you're just saying, you know, um, though the father may be going through a tough time, um, family should still be eligible to get X, Y, Z benefit. So policies around that. Um, there can also be policies around, you know, even what we've just seen now with the um, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, Governor Whitmer administration, allowing for people to go back to school and get cr credentials they need. Now it's for everyone, but we know typically um, you know, fathers, um, if they were out of the workforce or they need to reskill, that's something that they would jump on and they would be on top of. So I went from things that were just general for everybody to more specific policy as well. So anything along that gambit and a million things more. Wow. That's awesome. Dude, so, that's yeah. incredible. So how, uh, let me ask just, I mean, this is, uh, how did you get into this? How did you, how did you even know, like, this was a thing to do? Because before I met you, um, we met at a uh, collaborative meeting in Wayne County. And um, before you spoke there, I didn't even know that like that was a thing, that there was someone who connected people to policy and policy to people, because you're right, as as just like a, I don't know, a, no, I don't know if I could call myself normal, but a normal citizen or whatever, yeah. right? Like right. I'm a dad, whatever, doing life, working a job, whatever. Uh, like it, it does, it seems so distant and like separate. Removed from my everyday life, even though it impacts and affects my everyday life. Like they say, oh, call your representative. I'm like, yeah, that's like, let me go visit the Wizard of Oz. Like it's the same thing, you know what I mean? Like, right. I, don't know, I don't know what to do. How did you even fall into what you're doing currently? Like, okay, how did you yeah. So in undergrad, I studied social science. Um, so that kind of put me in that kind of realm. Um, when I, uh, uh, when I, uh, in a former life, I was a campaign manager. So I thought, you know, I was going to be doing those kind of things. And I managed my first campaign in like 2012 in Ypsilanti Township. Ran, the, ran my first campaign to know that I didn't want to run anymore. Uh, but I did want to be a part of the other kind of process. And I didn't. So, so you so you ran two campaigns, your first and your last. And, my, and that was it. <laughs> and I was done. Yeah. Um, but then I also found out I didn't necessarily want to work for a member that was elected because I just it just it, the hierarchical structure just didn't really work for me. 
Um, so I said, what's another way to stay in the game? Um, I wasn't really sure. Um, I saw a job opening with an organization called the Center for Michigan. They were looking for a, a outreach coordinator to go out and uh, talk to Michigan residents about public policy. I said, I can do those things. Uh, I got, a, I got a, a baby on the way and I need to do this. And I applied and that was my first taste into the think tank world. And from there, um, I was there for uh, five years, being able to meet people in policy and grassroots and just connecting those relationships and things that are so you know innate for me, I found were very difficult for people. So I could explain it you know, very easily to them. And then they go back into their own communities and start to build their own stuff. Never along the lines of this candidate will or this candidate won't or this color or that color. We're talking about issues that affect everybody's life. So when you take away, you know, the talking heads and that side of it, you can say, oh man, I really think we shouldn't have to pay X or we maybe we should pay Y. And then you can start to understand things more and then it then it matters. And I think, um, so from there, uh, I, I, I left there and I took the job with the Michigan League for Public Policy because they had just a kind of a different kind of perch. They wanted me to work in Detroit specifically. Um, and so it was just always innate to the things that I thought were important. Um, and I think that, you know, I just like to be the one that help people understand it and then not and then help them understand it so they don't need me anymore. So, look, I don't have to come back and you can go and, 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 and do this yourself. Um, and so that, that that's kind of how I fell into that. That's awesome. So like, yeah. that's, so you kind of couple that on top of like, you know, the, the other things you're doing. But I just want to ask you, like, you know, when you incorporate that community part and you being a dad, like how how has that advocacy um, translated into the way in which you like parent your your boys, your young black boys. I mean, how do you talk to them about advocacy? Do you talk to them about how to be advocates at a young age? Because you know, I think in the black community particularly, I think we become advocates without knowing it, just because like things are wrong. We're like, nah, that's right. wrong. We gotta fight, them. but we don't know how to constructively do it. Like we know how to like sit in or you know protest but like you know how do you so how, what's that conversation like to, with, with you and your boys well, you know both, both of the examples you just gave though are are productive they're just this is a different kind right 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 well, i just want to put that in context i mean like yeah. yes those are, are ways but there's like there's so many other things and strategy and planning and processing and you know well, like so policy like that. you're saying like policy because policy is not something that you're like have readily access, like everyone, at least you don't think you have available access to at all times. You know what I mean? Right, Quinn? Uh, like, that's kind of the idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you, you do what you know. Like, so you, we know we can, we can protest. And I'm just thinking like, as a kid, you know, my, my mom, she always said, like, she taught me how to like to stand up for myself, but you know, I'm, I'm wondering if like in Dwayne's house, if they're having a more sophisticated conversation, then, yeah. you know what I mean? I'll say this. I'll say this. And, and this this is an example that I think um, and I think it, it speaks volumes to, to, to kind of how I approach it. So one day um, it was after the inauguration um, and my son was like, I want to write a letter. I, I want to talk to something to, to, to Joe Biden. And I'm like, guess what? You can write him a letter. You can write him a letter to the White House in the format that we've done before. And he'll write you back because it's he two for two reasons. One, you're a little kid. They love kids and they're, they're more likely to respond to kids. But two, you know, they want people to understand that it's a two way process. So we're in the process of writing that letter now. So, you know, it, it can get a lot more sophisticated and it does. But I think the most important thing is to understand that you can communicate with them and they will in turn communicate back to you. 
So it's not always, you know, sometimes it isn't necessarily, well, the first thing we do is we protest and march. Well, that's a part of our toolkit, but we may just have to have a conversation first. We may just want them to know who we are. Um, we may have to just start to start the process of understanding um, how to communicate properly with elected officials. Um, and so I, I like to I like to advocacy gives you a chance to not just complain because you're going to them and telling them you got a problem, but you're putting action behind the problem that you have. And I think if we do more of that, just as a, 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 a personally and, and what we say to say, well, I don't like this. OK, let's take it a step further. I don't like it. I want to find other people who don't like it. And I want to find the people who can change it because it, it'll change a lot. It's going to help a lot of people if we change it. That's a more active approach. And even if you don't get the change that you want, because the game isn't set up for you to win every time, but it is set up for you to try and do your best to get the outcome that you want. So I try to teach them that, um, especially my 10 year old, my, my two year old, you know, he's getting there. But it's just, you know, we're <laughs> potty training for him. But yeah. uh, with a 10 year old, now that he's older, you can have. Um, contact with your leaders and they have to contact you back because you voted them in office. So, so mm -hmm. that that's one really big example. Um, and then on a, on a, on a, on a more social justice level, I think um, the older you get, the more, like I try to spoon feed it. Um, so I, you know, I don't want, I didn't want my, you know, eight year old or five year old to understand the horrors of the world. But as you get older, you start to understand why it's important Th though. It may not be happening to you. And though it may be somebody else's face on the screen, um, you still have to have a, a, a care and, 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 and understand that it's important to you as well. Even though, even though, even if it never happens to you in your neighborhood, it's still a problem for someone and we have to care because it's not just about us. So th those are several ways that I try to teach, um, advocacy, uh, you know, to, to my, to my family. Man, that's really cool. I, yeah. lo I love that. I love, I love the whole concept of what you do in, in the Michigan League of Public Policy. I love the whole concept of, of just bringing it to the people because I feel like, I mean, like I've said, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself, but it's, it's true. I feel like so many people go through life thinking that it's just so out of reach. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and that's by design, know. by the way. The well, way well, yeah, yeah. It's but it's like, you know, I feel like so many people that, I mean, so many people get so worked up over like a presidential election or something. Right. It's like, it's like, yo, okay. That's an election of, the many elections that you can be involved in and those many elections that you can be involved in, those are the ones that are going to directly affect your daily life, where you live, where you eat, where you go to school, like, you know, and so having, having people who are just advocates for the normal person to have access to those resources, I think is just massive. Yeah. And the empowering piece is important too, because you notice how we said, I give you the info and then I step back because yeah. what he does and, and Dwayne, you jump in too anytime when I say this, like the the beauty and the thing that I really enjoy about the work that Dwayne and the folks at the MLPP are doing is it's not about them like telling you and like talking to you. It's about them empowering parents, empowering families, empowering dads. And you go talk to the people. And I, I love the example you just gave about, you know, building that relationship first, because I, you know what? It makes me think about how I, I have my whole life been taught to deal with conflict resolution. You know, right. my mom, you know, thinking back to when my mom would talk to me, you know, she didn't tell me like to go hit the bully. She said, you know, go talk to him first, you know? And, and when I, <laughs> when I talk to my kids about how to deal with conflict, I say, Hey, you get a little bit further making friends than you do enemies. Like, See if you can befriend the person first before you, you know, blow up at them. So, you know, learning how to build those connections and, and, you know, 
one of the biggest things that I found is that, you know, sometimes people, we just don't see each other. So if you can get somebody to see you and I can just say, hey, Sam, I'm here. Maybe that makes for a smoother conversation than me. Like, you know, and, 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 I, and I think that's it. And, I, you know, and I think that um, especially now, what makes it a lot more easy is. So, for example, your state rep where it used to be, you got to go to his coffee hours. You got to get some time off. You got to make a way to get there. Well, they're doing the meetings on via Zoom. They're doing them on StreamYard. So it's a lot easier just to get in. So, you know, it's not like always we're going to go with a brief and, and brief you on something. It may just be, hey, I'm a constituent of yours. I, I, I just want to know more about what you're doing. I want you to do X, Y. Like it's, there's so many ways to start this thing. And it doesn't always have to be, you know, uh, introduce this bill into uh, the state house and let's get it passed. It just may be, hey, we want you to come speak at a virtual event that we're having here. Hey, we love what you guys are doing. Or, you know, we support what you're doing. Or we, we want you to talk to these kids. There's so many ways to do advocacy just to build the relationship. So then when you come with a demand or a question, they're like, oh, yeah, those are my people. What you need? I'll give it more of an ear than when, you know, I don't know you. I haven't seen you. And then you just call me. Hey, man, can you do something for me? Well, no. <laughs> so just build it like you would do with anyone else. And it doesn't have to be every week. It'd be once a month you're calling them or you send them an email. And then they'll know you after, you know, 12 months. Oh, yeah, we got about 12 emails from those people. So we know. them. So and I think I think this past year has really has really made it, um, I think, like you said, with the Zoom stuff, it's made it more accessible. I mean, OK. Who is the who is the governor before Whitmer here in Michigan? Like the Schneider guy, right? Schneider, yeah, Schneider. yeah. You could put him in a lineup in front of me, and I could not tell you what that dude looks like. <laughs> I know nothing about, but but big nerd. I know who Big Gretch is. I know I could, I could pull her out of the lineup, no problem, right? <laughs> because of the way that the technology has has shifted yeah. Yeah. how we're interacting with you know, policy and, and, you know, all the stuff over this past year. I mean, it's, yeah. it's really intense. And that probably goes hand in hand with your, with your uh, studies and work in the urban context of how media impacts the urban context and how the urban context, you know, needs to be more creating more content for social media and for all these things to kind of move the culture and all of that. I mean, that, that probably goes hand in hand, right? Like you've probably seen a big shift over the past year with all yeah, that. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, more specifically, I think, uh, you know, one place I think that technology was really present in um, the, the 2020 election cycle was, you know, you had a group of, of people on both sides that had to figure out how do you uh, canvas and how do you message when all you can do is touch people online. So, you know, yeah. for me, I, I took notes after the election was over. I called all of my friends that organized things and said, what the heck did you guys do? Because one, I'm teaching people how to do this stuff and I didn't do it. One for yeah. this. Uh, and then even more, even more notably, I'm just blown away at how they were able to get people to turn out, how the text messaging worked, how people were able to still connect and feel together um, over Zoom and watching a, a debate or how they were still able to make their calls and send their text during their day. So technology played a huge role in um, in 2020. And what's so unique about it is, you know, the urban demographic always drives, you know, technology when it's here. You know, the social tech work is about finding a way for, you know, urban communities to be on the front end of the technology and creating it on the front end. Because, uh, you know, we always drive the uh, uh, drive it to profitability. We just want to be, you know, on the front end and, and creating the technologies that change the world, not just always using them to leverage the world, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So and that kind of like brings it kind of back to your point about the social tech and like you're studying it and stuff. And so 
um, to talk about the 2020 election from that lens only um, and how it relates to now. How 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 is technology becoming? I've seen it, but can you explain how is it becoming a factor in this whole equation? Because it seems to be growing. Yeah. I mean, now, you know, it is the equation. <laughs> and, and, and that's what social tech is about. Like every business that you have is a tech business. Everything is a tech something yeah. because we leverage technology to use it. The, the Internet connects everything we do. So everything is a tech company, one. But then, two, I think, you know, what we saw this year, um, even even I think um, over, you know, the, the, the past four years, even uh, the ability to use Twitter to, to crash a market. The ability to use Twitter to, to incite, you know, rebellion, the ability to use social media to like, uh, for example, we saw uh, the, the, the president and the vice president who won the election, uh, 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 Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, do three quarters of their campaign virtually, which when we've never seen that before. Like, we've never seen that happen. So uh, mm -hmm. and, and so that's why, you know, a, another part of the social tech is the tech policy side. So that's why we've been seeing over the past, you know, couple of years, it's been such a fight between government, no matter who's been in office and big tech, um, because, you know, technology is driving everything. If, if, you, if you're a student of history, go back to the railroads. If you're a student of history, um, go back to the highway systems. Um, if you're a student of history, go back to coal um, and steel. You'll start to see how some of these monopolies were growing just because the people had the means and they the industry grew and they just were sitting on top of it. So tech is having a tough time coming back down to earth because now the rules can catch up to the to the technology. Um, and so technology is, is, is forcing everything we do, even from the way our kids are going to school, from the way we're meeting here today, um, the way you'll probably celebrate a birthday or uh, my kids are playing e or my son plays esports now. He can't even be on a soccer team. He plays on the esports team. So it's Dude. everything that we do. And so we have to not only use it. We have to understand it through understanding, you know, digital literacy. But then once we can finally understand that, we have to be on the front end of creating. Um, and I won't go too deep into the, the jobs and the skills and the automation side of it. But, that you know, there's a, a change coming to our economy. Um, and if we aren't aware and if we aren't ready, um, you know, we'll be left behind. No, and our kids will, too. And that that's and that, kind of the uh, thing. Yes. I think about, um, you know, this is always a thought in the conversation in our home as to when our kids should get it. Our oldest, you know, she's older, getting older and her friends more and more every day. A new one gets a cell phone. And in my mind, the it's at some point she will need she should have one. But one thing that is present in my mind is at some point I know that both my wife and I and her are going to have to monitor her online like presence and personality because bullying is different. Like it used to be back in the day, you know, a bully would come and punch you in the face and it would be like the rough kid. Now it's the nerdy kid who knows how to make the chat group and they all making fun of you and you don't know it. And it's more demoralizing. Like, you know, the physical pain is not good, but it feels like it's a little bit more bearable and temporary than like a whole chat group dedicated to like humiliating you. Yeah. So, yeah, or like one picture circulated, like it takes one picture, you know what I mean? And it can like cause so much damage, you know, or yeah. one quote or one could because technology reaches so many so fast. It's it's incredible. I mean, the closest thing I had to that, I remember this is and it's it's so dumb now that I think about it. But back then it was it was it was partially humiliating. Now partially I didn't care. Like when I was a senior, um, they had took a picture of me dancing with like a freshman girl, and like I was so you know, like now it's silly, but back then it was like, oh my God. Right, like, right, right. 
like, why'd you guys post that picture? So, but it was like, it was hanging up on a wall somewhere. And it was like, oh my God. But think about that now, amplify over the internet. And, and then think about this too. Like, even if you got beat up by the neighborhood bully, you could always close the door, go in and sit with your family and play Scrabble and watch TV and go back out on Monday, back to school when you have to. You take your phone everywhere. I'm just trying to just, and it's here. I just want to talk to my friends and it's it's with me. I, I looked, I looked and looked at a picture and it's on me. So it's, it, you know, that's one thing I think that, that, that parents have to think about. Um, and, and I think that our society is just now catching up in social tech, you know, a part of what I do with the, so, you know, a, a, a part of the esports. my, uh, my son is on a team. Um, I'm building a team now where not only we do esports, but we learn digital literacy and the digital literacy is the part of understanding how to be online. Like we throw kids a phone or we throw adults a phone and we never ever help people understand this is how you protect your identity. This is how you probably find positive or negative information. This is how you avoid fake news. This is how you understand how to create. Um, This is understand how to leverage. So I think, you know, even in the cell phone conversation, because my son has one, um, but it's just on the Wi-Fi at home. He, you know, it's, it's not connected to Verizon yet. And, and he won't until he still we go through a little digital literacy to say, OK, well, this is how. So, you know, kids are going to do what they do, but you at least have to give them the tools on maybe, you know, you, you don't want to click this link because it might mess up your phone because this is just not the right one. You know, what you may not you may want to use when you put your make a name, you may, may want to make it totally different than your real name. So nobody can understand where you're from or your name. You can still keep your anonymity online. Um, when you talk to your friends, when you play online or, or, or people you play with online, you don't give uh, location specific information. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm in Michigan. Or when they ask the question, this is how you curve it to something else. So there's a way to empower our children with technology. We just have to give them the rule. It's the same rules that our parents gave us when they said, this is how you cross the street. Don't be home when the, uh, when the, when the street lights go off. Don't talk, to, don't talk to that stranger over there. Now, we did what we did, but we knew how to maneuver in that. Now, as parents, we have to help our kids do it online. And 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 the, the good thing about it is a lot of us spend a lot of time online anyway. So we know how to, you know, we know how to maneuver to a certain extent. So digital literacy is key in helping our children manage online so they can navigate, you know, and just not consume. They can create as well. Dude, that's like not just consume, create and dude and manage and. I mean, and understand that there's no such thing as the delete button on the internet. Oh no, no, you you can run, but you can't hide on the internet, and it's readily available now. Yeah, once <laughs> once it goes out, there's no, it's nope. So that's that's man, that's that's awesome. Um, so I want to ask you some old school like dad okay, questions. Let's do it. Let's do it. Ready? So, what's the most dad thing you've done lately? Let's see the most dad thing I've done. Like, let me give you some examples. Okay. Like, I wore Crocs to Home Depot. <laughs> um, I did it. So what? You guys can don't judge me. <laughs> um, that's probably the most dad thing I've done lately. Uh, let's see. The most dad thing I've done was it took me maybe an hour to do maybe a five minute handyman job. That was my. <laughs> It was, I just, it was, I was just, it was just one of them days. It, it, it was just one of them days. And it was like, you know, this only takes like five minutes, right? And I'm like, you know, an hour later, it's done. So <laughs> that's probably, that's probably the most, you know, you know, when you, cause I'm just learning to be uh, uh, the handyman, you know, I was the intellect and I think we're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, pay somebody, but now we don't want anybody to come in the house. So I watch YouTube and start fixing that. <laughs> I put this desk together. You know, I've been, I, you know, I fix this, uh -oh. I around the house now. I've been, you know, I've been, 
stepping up my G a little bit. Yeah, That's man. Awesome. Paying that handyman, that'll definitely turn you into it. That's what turned me into a handyman. Facts. Uh, <laughs> paying, paying somebody and they're like, oh, it's 500 bucks. I was like, Bro. and then they come and just do something like, boot. Artist did what? Uh uh, no, I'm going to fix that. YouTube, find the model. <laughs> well, I'm going to warn you, speaking of the tech, the thing I hate about YouTube, though, and the, and the distancing from reality is YouTube makes little pretty packages. Life is not pretty. So that little 30-minute video you watched in five minutes to pull in the toilet, it's not real. <laughs> that's not real. That's that's three days <laughs> and two kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like that's like HGTV. They're like, all right, we're going to gut the basement now. Right. And it's like, this is a fast-forward segment that takes about 18 seconds, and you're like, Bro, that would take me about three weeks. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> what what do you, what? They have to have the best skilled laborers. They got the yeah. firm to do it all. Nah, yeah. No, they're on the set. No, they're on the perfectly square <laughs> set. That yeah. is, they built a set. Well, and got, like, yeah, a girl with like her hair all done and nails. And she's like, oh, swinging a hammer. They don't show like the 30 other people that come in after right. the camera stops to finish it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and that's why I get fooled because I'm like, oh, that looks easy. Look, oh, shit. I can do it. Listen, uh -oh. listen, listen, don't 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 replace anything in the in the in the bathroom unless you know what you're doing, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're dealing don't with water. Floor, no, I don't do the tile. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> listen, I, I do electrical. Okay. I'll do some okay. electrical. Okay. I won't do plumbing. Okay. Okay. Um, but because plumbing, plumbing will get real bad real quick. Real quick, real quick. Yeah, that's a professional. That's a professional worth this hire right there. Yeah, hire that. Listen. So we all have our limits, and that's mine. All right. Well, I got I got one more for you. Okay. Well, actually, I got two. We I got two for you. All okay, right. Two good ones. Next one is, uh, what are you doing right now to be a better dad? Like, what are you working on? What's in your dad? Like, because I know you, your intellect, like you said. So how are you sharpening your sword and and Focusing on your dad craft. So, uh, and I'm so glad you asked me. So every Tuesday at six o'clock, I'm a part of a fatherhood group. Um, it's ran by the Northeast Integrated Health. Um, my mother in love uh, is, a, is a counselor by trade. Um, and she, she was trying to get people a part of this fatherhood group. Um, and so it's for dads uh, who have a child zero to six. Um, and I'll send you guys the information. So anyone who wants to join, they can. Um, we're having yeah, absolutely. We're having the darndest time getting people going just because it's it's it's, it's, it's tough. Every, you know, everybody's busy. So it's, it's tough to get them going. Um, and so that, that's been a, a major part of my personal development over the past. Maybe it's a month now. Um, and so sometimes it's two of us. Sometimes it's three of us. But just to hear um, one. So it's two people facilitating a conversation around 24 seven dads uh, philosophy um, where we talk about, um, you know, emotional health, uh, physical health. Um, kind of social health, just ways that practical ways that we can help um, ourselves as fathers, you know, manage our tempers and understand stress and understand communication. And, 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 and you know, we all know these things being fathers and being married, but taking that time out every week is just reinforcing. And it also, it serves as a check to say, oh man, you know, well, last Wednesday, you know, I wasn't the greatest guy I could have been and I have to face it because we're talking about communication here. Um, so it helps you kind of check yourself along the way. Um, so that that's one thing that I've been doing um, and bringing other people in as, as much as I can too. Dude, that's awesome. So we we uh, Quinn and I we are certified with the National Fatherhood Initiative. So the National okay, Fatherhood yeah. Initiative yep, it, yep. It puts out the twenty four seven dad yep, stuff. Yep. And so we um, 
what this is like season five of our podcast seasons what was it q one and two one. i think season one, one was heavily, we go through the 12 different like pillars yep. or whatever yep. it is oh man i love that show. Yeah, and man. so yeah, I mean it's good stuff, man. We 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 covered a lot. We did we've done fatherhood summits and things where I'm open to like, some training. Know. I would love to get the training, the 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 full certificate. I would love to do that. Like I that, that's a passion area for me. It was, man. It was it was yeah. it was good stuff, wasn't it, Q? Yeah, it was very introspective for me. Like it, it got it, the well went kind of deep because, like yeah. you know, you talk about like what does it mean to be a man, and like you know, you talk about the fatherhood, and you think about you know, what fatherhood was for your father and like, what is it for you? And, you know, there's, there's a lot to it, man. There's a lot of reflection from my perspective to, you know, help me to, to separate myself from my kids because, you know, one of the things, my big takeaways from it was like, um, I think we think a lot of times we credit genetics when it's more habitual. Like, you know, when you say like, oh, our whole family isn't too bright when that. No, you're not. You guys all just kept telling yourself. That's why the one kid is a genius because everybody told him he was a genius. Like, you know, you think it's genetic, but it's not, you think it's where you come from. It's not, you just, you got to know what you're telling yourself. So, and what you're telling your kids, but I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And listen, and that's why I love spaces like this as well, to where we could just have the conversation like we just had. I think, you know, as men today, we, we need that space to further develop um, because, you know, we directly impact our kids and our families and our partners. And if we aren't furthering, furthering our, our, our personal development, um, we're just, you know, creating fires that our kids and the people around us are going to have to put out. So, you know, we, it's, a, it's necessary for us to further develop, you know, our emotional intelligence. We have to do it around fathering and being in relationships as well. Awesome, man. All right. Well, then, well, here's the, the final of the old school question. So, you know. Knowing what you know now as a dad, what would you tell a younger version of yourself in your your fatherhood uh, journey? Uh, that's a really good question, and I kind of had a version of this happen. So I have a ten year old, and a, and he's he'll be two here in the next couple a couple weeks. Um, and so you know, my the first time I had, or when when I had my first son, um, it was all just kind of based on what you perceive a father should be. Um, but that may, that style may not fit your child. Um, so my my number one thing is you father from a, a set of principles, not from a, a technique of doing it, because, uh, you know, every child's emotional makeup is different. Everybody's intellectual makeup is different. And you have to kind of give your guidance and what how, and how they will accept it and what works for them. Um, so having two kids so far apart, um, they get two different sides of me. Um, and I got to be sure to always show my older one. The lovey dovey side that the that the two year old get because he's like, well, what's up with that? And I'm like, okay, well, I gotta I gotta show you in a different way. So when I wrestle you and I grab you like this, it's the same thing as when I when I kiss and hug him. It's the same thing. So so you're just trying to find a way to parent towards who that child is because I'm a firm believer in, um, you know, we're given a gift in these children, and they're meant to come to us and come through us. And we're here to guide them on their journey, not make our wishes and our dreams and what we want them to be. Yeah, we want you to be the first this and all that and and all this. Yeah, but I want you to be who you are. And I want you to feel comfortable in your skin being and knowing that we love you. And no matter what, you got you got somebody here and and we're with you. So, you know, learning to let them be. No, you might not be LeBron. No, no, you might not be whoever these people are, but you're going to be you. And whatever your skills are, we're going to we're going to make that happen. Whatever you love, we're going to make that happen. Whatever you want to see, we're going to do that. 
but it's not, and it's going to be with you in mind. So when I'm not here anymore and you have to make decisions by yourself, you can do it because you've been empowered to do so. Um, mm -hmm. not just reprimanded and restricted from being able to think for yourself and make decisions and, and, and make mistakes and learn from. Yeah, man. I love that's that. huge, man. I think that's huge. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about that. Um, you know, just over the episodes, over the seasons, even about communicating with each kid where that kid is, you know, or in the style that that kid can receive and understand. Um, I have, I have six kids, my oldest one, my oldest one is 11 and uh, the youngest one just turned one. So I'm right there with you yeah, yeah. every two years in between. <laughs> so it's like, it's insane, but you're right. Every, every kid needs, they need to the love, they need, but they need it in a way that they can receive right, the right. way that I want to give it. You know, love language. They need yeah. that love language. You you got to understand their love language and you got to understand. I mean, it's no difference than us learning how to talk to each other. So, like, you know, if you're yeah. a I mean, that's true. Person, yeah. If you're a structured person, I need to quit being willy nilly with you. I need to give you X, Y, Z straight in the line in a linear fashion because that soothes you. I don't need to be all over here and over there because I don't work for you. Yep. Now, if you are a structured person, you need to realize I'm all over the place. I need you to fly with me. I could be talking about cheeseburgers one minute and social justice another. I need you to stay with me. We're going to get there. So just meeting people where they are. Well, uh, Dwayne, I, I want to thank you, man. We're going to definitely have to have you come back, man. Oh, oh, oh. Listen, I want to have you guys on mine. So, hey, we got to do this again. Absolutely. So, uh, is there somewhere where you like speaking of which is there somewhere where you like people to find you or try and connect with you? Yep. So you can find me on uh, Instagram at social tech um, or at social tech 2020 on Instagram. That's where you can find me. Um, and I, you, you, you know, a place where we talk tech, a place where we talk uh, social issues um, and a place where we look to, you know, build, build the, the future of technology. Awesome. So for, for folks like myself who, you know, need to hear it a time or two again, what was it? Uh, at Social Tech 2020. At, at Social, Social Tech 2020. Yeah, Perfect. Right. I wrote it down because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to link up with you, too, because that's that stuff's super interesting to me. Like I said, I got an 11 year old who's got some buddies that are getting phones here and there. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. You know what I mean? So that's good stuff. I'm, I'm excited to see. And I love I love your whole. What you said, we didn't get time to dive into it this time. Maybe we can get into it next time. But about the the urban culture being um, um, leveraging technology and being on the front end of the creation of technology rather than just yeah, I, I just I think that is a whole conversation in and of itself that mm -hmm. I would love to dig into because I think and that's the, I the, the clubhouse uh, billion dollar valuation is an interesting case study on that. So if you've been really? following Clubhouse um, and that right, evaluation, we, we gotta talk. We mean you're going to have, have a good conversation because I, I wrote down like ten things I need to follow. <laughs> Clubhouse, Clubhouse. Are you familiar with Clubhouse, Sam? No. What is that? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Clubhouse is an audio podcasting uh, app on uh, iOS on uh, iPhones um, that have that just swept through our nation, kind of like how Zoom did. Yeah. Um, over over coronavirus and the, and the the founders just crossed a uh, a billion dollar valuation um, as they get ready to you know take the company uh, through the roof um, and uh, just an interesting kind of note was um, it, it had high urban um, adoption um, as, as all the social platforms do 
Um, and it was a big reason why they were able to build the value to, to have that valuation. Um, well, but what happened was, you know, the, the, the people who use the engine never get, you know, the opportunities that the founders get. You know? It was just another, uh, it was another case of, you know, so that, that's so that, so social tech's work is around. How do we, how do we make the next Mark Zuckerberg? How do you, how, how can our kids not just be LeBron, but they can be, you know, Steve Jobs as well. Yeah. yeah. I, love I mean, that. Sam, think of it this way with the clubhouse thing. Cause I'm, I'm actually, you know, working on some other projects and that's a part of that is, um, but learning how to use it is it's like, imagine people were like, this was just us on a conversation without the video and people could just listen in on it. And it's, it's kind of alone knows that premise, but there's a little more to it. So yeah, no, that sounds cool. taking over the world. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, Dwayne, man, Hey, we appreciate you, man. We'll I definitely do. have you back. We look forward to continuing the conversation, man. You, you have man. A, a blessed evening and uh, we'll catch you next time. All right. Great one. You guys have a great one. Thanks for having me again. Thank All you, right, Mr. Man. Lawrence. Appreciate you, man. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Wow. Yeah, dude. He's dropping knowledge, wasn't he? I know. That was dope. I, I, I really enjoyed having him on. I truly enjoyed having him on. Like that kind like so I was like into the conversation and I was like, oh, I'm supposed to press buttons, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> I just man, I just and I know this is like the fourth time I've said it, but I maybe it's just my upbringing, but I think it probably resonates with a lot of people that I just feel like government is so far away. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's it's just so difficult for me, father of six, going to work, doing family. I'm at baseball diamonds. I'm at the basketball games. Like how, who, when, where, like how did, there's no way for me to connect with government. You know what I mean? But to have an entity that says, yeah, yeah, actually there is. And it's, it's actually pretty easy. You know, that's, that's huge. Yeah, man. I mean, um, and I don't know if it's my screen or yours, but you're, you're freezing up. So it might be my screen. Let's see if you're back. Are you back? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Right. I don't think I went anywhere. It might have been. It might be my screen then. I mean, I'm, I'm. You're doing your robot thing on me. <laughs> uh, I was. I guess your screen was glitching. I wasn't doing anything. All right. No. What I was gonna say is, so politics and um, advocating for people has always been a passion of mine, and so I've always known the proximity of it, and I always knew how important it was, and that's why. Uh, and I can tell you a good example of that that we just ignore is all the political ads, all the political stations, like, because there is power in our votes, there's power in our voice. And, you know, they want it to seem far removed. They want it to seem like these caricatures. That's why they use terms like liberals and conservatives, because if I can caricaturize something, dehumanize them from being people, it seems like something so different, but it's not. It's people like you and me, who um, who are stepping up and saying things. And so I I really like I just the work that they're doing with the MLPP and, and just teaching, you know, the thing that I enjoy most about it is they're they're not trying to do it for you. They're trying to teach you how to do it yourself. Yeah. So, you know, for you as, you know, a father of six, like you said, you know, maybe uh, your causes, like maybe understanding how the adoption program works and saying, hold yeah. on, this is jank. We need to fix this. How do I advocate for it? And these folks, you know, the the key thing he said that I caught was um, you voted for him. So they have to listen to you. So if you show up at their door a couple of times, like the first time, yeah, they might ignore you. Let's be honest. But if you keep showing up, 
they're not going to ignore you. I promise you that. Yeah. This is right up your alley. Anyway, tell you don't talk about this much, but tell everybody about uh, weren't you like at Michigan State? You were like the second ever. I was uh, the president of student government. Yeah. Yeah, you were president of student person. government, but I mean that's that's a big deal. But weren't you like the second ever black president of the student government? I was. I was. I mean, that's a, I mean you don't ever talk about that. And that's like that. But nobody my, cares. <laughs> that's my party favor for you. I'm like, thank you. Yo, I gotta hear this. Check well, this. Out. Like, I love telling people about that. It's like watching uh um all uh what was the old show with Al Bundy? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Married with children. Married with children. Yeah. Well, he was like, I scored four touchdowns in a single game. So that's like my, my four touchdowns in a single game. I used to be president of a large student government in the country. So yeah, I mean, um, that's, I mean, that's a big deal. So this, this, yeah. all this talk is right up your alley. Oh you yeah. Know, I was geeking out, geeking out, yeah. but you know what? Here's the deal. It's not about it being up my alley. It's up. It should be up all of our alleys because, you know, again, it's, it, it's how our lives are like the course of our lives run through these veins, like these yeah. people and these decisions. And, you know, we, I think we, the people just need to, to know, just know the scoop, know the scoop and, and know how to flex our muscles a little bit. So, um, I agree. you know, so and, and I guess why, it is. Why don't, you, why don't you hit our listeners with the resource then today? Because our resource is wrapped up all into this. Yeah, and absolutely. And uh, I just got word from our from the producers upstairs that it is a little glitchy. So that's probably on my end. But um, yeah, let me just go ahead and pull up the resources. You know, it, we're we're a real show with real dads. And so it gets a little glitchy at times. I guess I don't I, I guess that's this is me glitching. I, <laughs> I see you glitching. And so the resource for today, speaking of um, of MLPP, is that Michigan needs healthy communities to move forward. Is there um, on their website, um, if you can find it under their um, healthy communities tab, if you hit the search button, they have four main pillars. And those four main pillars are awesome because they have resources that talk to you about four ways that residents can become advocates and four ways to empower their arguments, their arguments. And those four things are curb threats to public health and build bridges for immigrants, drive healthcare forward and give kids uh, keys to a strong future. And those are the, the cool things about this is when you drill down into them, they will give you talking points and they'll they'll kind of give you a playbook as to how how to address them and how to talk to them. And that's the point that I think is really awesome about it. Um, and, and yeah, not, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm uh, just going to say, so this is MLPP.org. You yep, go to the whole page, you click on this, and this is this is the stuff that shows up. And so if you're listening uh, to Dwayne talk and you're thinking, okay, yeah, all right, cool, sounds great. You bring policy to people and people to policy. What do I do? Well, this is what you do. You go to MLPP.org. And yep. they did um, focus groups all over the state to find sort of, you know, what is – what are the things that are important to the people in Michigan, right? And so that's where these four sort of headings came from of like, yo, obviously it's an issue. People want to want to, to research and take care of public health. And they want to advocate for public health and uh, affect policy in regards to public health. And so that's what that first tab is for. And then they have a tab for each of the subsequent um, issues. And so if you have something that you are passionate about, that you think, man, 
I would like to make a change. I would like to have a voice in this. This website is a huge first step. It's like a giant front door to all the issues that you want to tackle and that you want to sort of advocate for. And they've got them kind of narrowed into bigger subheadings for you already, which is awesome. Yeah. And the thing I love about it is that, um, you know, again, it's about empowering the people and they they can go as, as granular as you want to go. And so we'll put a link in the description in the bottom. But uh, it's a good resource. And uh, you can just go to MLPP.org. And you can also connect with uh, Dwayne on there as, as well. As you can see, Sam doing the doing the robot as he like scrolls past the. Yeah, it's right. Away, on YouTube, you know, the, the website is scrolling along the bottom. Go ahead and type that I'm, in if you're listening. See if, on the I can podcast. Catch it. see if I yes. can catch it. Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast, it's mlpp.org. mlpp.org. Make sure you guys get over there, visit it. If you're watching on YouTube, you can actually see the website right now. So those of you listening on the podcast, yo, you need to find us on YouTube. You need to get with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's a huge resource, man. I think that's a huge first step. I think it's sort of a practical application for people who are listening and are like, man, yeah, this is cool. I'd like to get more involved. mlpp.org is a great place to start if you live here in Michigan. Um, it's an awesome opportunity for you to kind of have a voice, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah. all right, let me hit you guys with the socials real quick before we get out of here. This is where you can connect with us, how we can connect with you. Find us on YouTube and Instagram. YouTube and Instagram are both dad, the number two, the bone podcast. Again, dad, the number two, bone, the bone podcast. That's on Instagram and YouTube. If you're looking for us on Facebook, it's just the words, Dad to the Bone Podcast. Yeah. Just regular English, Dad to the Bone Podcast on Facebook. But this, uh, we'd love to connect with you. If you're listening on a podcast, we would invite you to uh, jump over to YouTube. You can. It's it's much more of an interactive experience. We're you know talking here on StreamYard. We got our guests. You can see what they look like. We're screen sharing. We're throwing graphics. We're doing all these things. And so we would encourage you, man, hang out with us on YouTube. Absolutely. All right, guys. Until next time. Peace. Peace.